The flyover state sports show is for a mature audience. It contains strong language and adult situations. We do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Is this on? Cohorts, Gavin laying down on his couch, Alexander, and Caleb the Bean Jubal. Gavin, are you okay? No, I just, uh, at some point later in the episode or before this, our <laughs> listeners will hear that argument you just brought up for the Kansas City receiver core. They probably already know where this is headed if they, uh, at this point. But Gavin, uh, I just do these things so that way you keep coming back for more. Beans, you're making me hurt. <laughs> I have a headache. It's glad you came away. <laughs> I have a headache right now. Who else are going to add like that to the end of the episode? Honestly, I could. You should. I'll even. I could. We'll, we'll okay. put it in the end, so that way everyone knows that I'm about to win fifty dollars from you this season. Oh. Okay, Sam, explain the bet. No, we'll, we'll have everyone explain. We'll have the bet explained uh, in post. If. If others want to jump in on the bet, do you continue that, Beans? Because <laughs> half of our fantasy league is already uh, interested. Well, they are hounding you for that. Oh, no. You got to stay for the whole thing, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hear what Beans bet me and what is being called, quote, damn, easy money for Sam. And, oh, my God, under. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love this. Quote, how can I get in on this? <laughs> I I am so excited. I cannot believe that I won $50 today. All I have to do is wait. He's going to pay me in cash, too, and pretend that, like, he didn't lose anything. Yeah, this is true. Like, I didn't lose money if I pay you in cash. Oh, oh my God. One sec. Who is... Why do you think Ross got traded today? Who the fuck is Ross? Justin. Justin. Oh. <laughs> got him. It's not good when name sank isn't the first thing that comes to your mind. <laughs> I, I was so confused. I was like, wait. I, I for, You know, I forgot that you made that trade today. I did. Yeah, yeah delusion. Absolute delusion. <laughs> Well, we have a very exciting show for you today. So we're going to lead off with the least exciting thing that we have to offer, which is who made the Chiefs 53-man roster? And who didn't? And who didn't? And who didn't? And who didn't? Actually, so... They're on the Panthers right now for seventh-round pick swap. (laughs) So do do we want to go ahead and just dive right on into this? Sure. I I think we should. Why, Why not? Okay, so I will say this was the worst year I have had in recent history. Actually, I've only done this. This is my third year doing it. Of it's keeping you like bad players, beans. Like I'm. Sorry. No, 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 no. I missed on like weird positions. Um, this is the worst. I missed ten players this year. The year before that was six, and the year before that was five. 
or maybe it was the other way around. Maybe it was worse. five then six. What's that? So you're getting worse at this. Is what Some I somehow or another, but so let's kind of go ahead and go into this. We went with two quarterbacks this year. So we have Patrick Mahomes and Blaine Gabbert. The biggest controversy of all that was, you know, was Shane Bichelle going to make that third quarterback spot? Um, after fighting, you know, so hard for him last year to keep him on our roster, I thought maybe we'd keep him. I haven't heard anybody signing him yet. I don't know if you guys have or not. I think it's been said that he's expected to go uh, to the practice squad. Oh, that's good. Okay. All right. I know there is like a big difference between being released and waived. So I think if you're released, you considered veteran. Uh, you hit veteran. That means like you, you can't make the practice squad unless you clear waivers or something like that. And if you're waived, then that means like, we can bring you back. I'm not sure. I'm not a thousand percent sure on how that shit works. Back, bro. What's that? It means you wait back. All right. What is what is the difference between you acquiring a person on waivers versus when they clear waivers? Because if you acquire them as they go through waivers, do you keep them on their current contract or something? Yes, that's actually very. That's a very good question, Gavin. So the waivers go off of the. So this year's waivers go off of the 2021 draft picks which I think was Chicago, right? So yeah, Chicago, Chicago, and, so Chicago has the first one, then, and then it goes in order of those draft picks. So it is, you do keep your contract that the previous team had negotiated because it prevents, you know, agents and stuff having to renegotiate contracts. It's just easier to say, we're going to keep that contract with that player. So, okay. um, so somebody, so we'll get into this, but cutting like a Dar- Darian Kennard and somebody picks him up, going through waivers then they take his contract for example that's just an example so you know if somebody's it it it, it, it is kind of weird because like the chiefs are most of these guys keep their own players though that they've had on their team so like chicago like they cut so many players they're probably going to keep the majority of those guys that they cut onto their roster so it doesn't it isn't shocking that i guess too shocking that somebody like a shane buchel made it to us somehow so the reason, the reason I was asking is because noted all all star uh, Bailey Zappi cleared waivers, and so nobody wanted to uh, pick him up. But there was there was quote great interest in signing him after he cleared waivers, so nobody had great interest until he was legitimately free. So, I don't know what pa- the Patriots were thinking there. They cut both Malik cleared, Cunningham. They got him back. I, yeah, well, exactly. and then so well, they did the same thing with Malik Cunningham. Well, I don't know if they're like trying to. I don't know if Mac. I don't know if like Carson Wentz is going to go to there or something. I don't know what New England. Oh, Tom doing. Brady. Tom Brady's going oh, back. TB twelve back to New England. Anyway, so uh, here's where I missed that out. Fed up, brother. So here's where I missed out on the running back room. We went with Pacheco, McKinnon, and Clyde. Those three I had, but I also had us getting Daneric Prince. I thought Daneric Prince improved the more he played in preseason, whereas, uh, or sorry, I, I had the Michael P Ryan, whereas somebody like a generic Prince kind of faded as the preseason went on. So I thought maybe we would keep LaMichael, but we cut both Prince and LaMichael. So, um, I will say that didn't surprise me a whole bunch. Um, maybe just if you look at it from the stance of our running back room, isn't good. And you'd think of like, maybe we'd want to keep more people, but like, Reality, we can bring like multiple running backs in off the street and have a 
better starting running back than we have on the roster. Right? I, I'm pretty sure both have already made it onto our practice squad. So I think we're fine. But so at some point I expect one of them to probably be elevated at some point, but um, tight ends, we went with three tight ends. I kind of, after Jody got hurt, the three tight end is just the way to go with Kelsey bell, gray Bushman's back on our practice squad. So that's, um, Wide receivers, we got Kadarius Tony, MVS, Justin Watson, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, Richie James, and Justin Ross. Um, Amir Smith Marset was the one that like was pretty, you know, controversial. Was he gonna make it? Was he not? We ended up trading him for a conditional seventh to Carolina for a pick swap. Yes. We acquired him last year in like some like trade or after he was let go or something, right? He was let go. We picked him up to our practice squad and um, I think we even elevated him like twice. So my, my question is like his only value that I'm aware of is as like a return man. But that, for yeah. those that remember our return game sucked last year and we could, we didn't have a punt return game. So like, I, I'm really not sure what, I guess I don't see it as a big loss, like in that way, especially like last year was the perfect opportunity for us to need just a punt return man. He couldn't even do that. So, yeah, Amir Smith is good at that, but we also have Tony, uh, uh, who does returns, Richie James. So, you know, we have two now. That's two more than last year. And apparently Sky Moore has experience. Making it through the season as if. So, make it to week one. Um, Richie James for that was a good pickup, I will say. Yeah, and he looked really good in preseason. And so... um. Jody Fortson with him being hurt. There is a way. So we did put him on IR. If you put him on IR before preseason's done, uh, it's considered season ending. However, there is like a weird way for him to come back onto our team. Like we'd have to cut him. He'd have to clear the waivers and then we can sign him back. So there is a chance if he gets healthy by the end of the year, we could see a Jody Fortson return, but um who knows if that'll actually happen. I think I, I think Gavin's actually going to be actually kind of happy this year. We won't run 13 personnel as often this year. <laughs> well, think about it. You have three tight ends. Like it, it might be, we might run it, but the percentages I feel like won't be as high as it has been in years past. We have one good tight end and we've ran it like consistently over the last like multiple years anyways. But you've seen it like we were there was multiple times last year where we ran 13 personnel like yeah, yeah we, the, we the other two end. tight ends other than travis kelsey sucked and it didn't matter we ran it anyways yeah so but look for it to be less this year in my opinion although um i i refuse to not consider any formation like justin ross and or rashi rice also count as tight ends so like that goes towards the what about uh, justin watson I as well. So, like, include that. I include that legitimately. Like, when I say, like, we're going to keep running thirteen personnel. So, so you think we run sixteen personnel? We we can, yeah. <laughs> God, I hate the way you described that. <laughs> it's what we do. If you can give me an argument that they're not tight ends, I would listen to it. They're receivers. In That's not an argument. They catch balls. Well, so do tight ends. No, Travis Kelsey's a pass catcher. Different than more a wide receiver than any of the other wide receivers that Gavin's <laughs> arguing about. Yeah. Anyways, we're moving on here. So, 
uh, offensive tackle. Uh, we got Donovan Smith, Prince Tiga Winoga made it. Um, Jonathan Tooney at le- uh, left guard, Nick Allegretti, and <clears throat> center Creed Humphrey. Ryder has made it back onto our practice squad, Super Bowl Fifty Four starting center. It's crazy how just nobody wants to pick this guy up. I, I don't know. Like people just forget he started. Yeah, people just forget he started in that Super Bowl. Like, yeah, I think I think he wants to forget he started in that Super Bowl too. Yeah, no, fifty four, the one we won. Oh, when he started in the one that we lost, was he? I don't remember now. I don't. I don't know. I don't remember now. It might have been Um, already actually. For a right guard, Trey Smith and my boy Mike Caliendo made it. The Canadian baby. Here's kind of where I missed out on. Um, I had Darian Kennard making it over Caliendo because we spent a fifth round draft pick on him. But a lot of people liked him too. I like Kennard too. I don't know what the reasoning was for cutting him. I, actually, I'll kind of get into. I think I know why we cut a lot of these he guys. Was but coming out of college, and he might just not have been the same. Yeah, he was. He was pretty. He was also all SEC offensive guard. So it's like, yeah, you know, I know. It's kind of shocked. At that, uh, here's where I was big time shocked at. Uh, right tackle Jawan Taylor, Wanya Morris, and Lucas Niang made it. I thought Lucas Niang was a strong, like let's let this guy go candidate. The guy's always been hurt. We, he's never play, He's never been in the full season. He came in during COVID. Third round pick. Never really lived up to the hype. But it's like you know maybe he hasn't been fully healthy to where we've seen his full potential yet. So maybe I, there's obviously something that they see to where they kept a kneeing over somebody like a canard. So, um, I, I don't know. I, 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 that was just out of left field in my opinion, keeping Niang. Um, so kind of with that, like, I wonder why with cutting some of these players, I wonder if it is to make room to extend like cutting a canard or cutting uh, like a Danny Shelton, who we'll talk about the defense here in a second, you know, like does that help at all bringing back Chris Jones? I don't know. I don't know. I saw a report that things had been heating up over the last two days, which would lend credence to that. But who knows? That whole thing has been very ugly and I'm ready to trade Chris Jones for sure. Yeah. Gavin, do you think Chris Jones is by going bye-bye? I want him to go bye-bye. Like, when we re-signed him to this contract, like, he uh, earned it, did everything. That's great. But he's 27 when he signed it. Like, he's 30 now. We did the same thing with Tyree Kill, and I guess they're arguably, like, the same uh, level They're, they're the same position. age. They're the same age. They were the same, like, you know, p- potential at their position. Um, the problem it, is we're not getting a return like we did for Tyree Kill. So no, um, we're not paying I, him like Tyree Kill either. I think Veach is taking the Rams example <laughs> over example. Well, no, no, no. Like learning from the Rams, like they put all their chips into yeah. like you know a defensive tackle, which rightfully so. Donald is like probably one of the best defensive players we'll probably see in our lifetime. And now they are in cap hell because they can't recoup from overspending on one player. The bigger problem with Chris Jones and this team is like not having Chris Jones isn't that big a deal, but a lot of our like defense 
revolves around getting pressure, getting quick pressure, scheming up pressure, however that happens. But it's significantly easier to scheme up pressure when you have a guy like Chris Jones that's going to take attention and you know is going to take attention away from the deep or like pull attention to himself. We don't have anybody like that on the roster now. So like it sounds stupid, but a NFL defense is much more likely to just play assignment sound uh, football against us on the offensive side. You're not doing, you're not double teaming. There's nobody that you feel that you need to like pull attention towards Chris Jones. You just line up man to man and they probably have better players than we have edge rushers at this point. Uh, so let's, yeah, let's kind of go into the defense here. So for defensive end, we have George Karloftis, uh, Charles Amenehu, who has a six game suspension due to uh, beating his girlfriend or something. I don't know. Some domestic abuse. Um, so good. He's a real chief. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's positional, but tr- truly a real chief. Yes. Um, then we have Mike Dana, Felix, and DK Zama, Malik Herring and BJ Thompson. Um, no job Thompson. And so, uh, at D tackle, Chris Jones, obviously, but did not report Derek naughty, Turk Wharton, Neil Farrell, who we traded for with the Raiders, um, Matt Dickerson and Kendra Coborn. Yes. This defensive front sucks. So, okay, let's, let's go into that. Cause I actually have a lot of thoughts and opinions. I always have thoughts and opinions, but we have a lot of players on this team that can just move in and out. So, Felix Inudike Uzama, when he was at K-State, he played a three-man front. Uh, most of the time, he had to play inside shade of the tackle going against a guard. Somebody like him, he's looked really good this preseason. Like, I've been, he looks like a a late first-round pick at right now. Like, he looks good. Um, somebody like him, you could bump inside. You could work with him inside, scheme him outside, and, you know, stunt with him all the time. He, he can do that. Uh, somebody like a Malik Herring, he's, he had D tackle reps for a couple preseason games. Looked pretty good. Aminihu, he works inside, uh, Mike Dana. He's probably one of the most underrated edge rushers in probably the conference. You know, I, I think he's really good. That doesn't get the value that I think he deserves. Um, Turk, he can bump for playing a D tackle. He bumps outside. Um, and same with Matt Dickerson. So we have a lot of players on the line that are multifunctional and I think, I think that's where we're going to try. And you have a Leo Chanel at linebacker too. So I, I we're not going to have the Chris Jones production, but I think we're going to be like more mental than anything. If that makes sense. I, it's not necessarily missing Chris Jones production that I'm concerned about. It's about how Chris Jones forces an offense to change. That helps out everybody around Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. Same exactly, way. Yeah. You always see a guy like, uh, uh, something Leonard, I'm losing it for the LA Rams, who's uh Jack like, Leonard, or not Shaq uh, Leonard, uh, Leonard Floyd. Thank Leonard you. Floyd, yeah. yes. Has, has a bunch of sacks because he plays opposite of Aaron Donald. Before that, they'd been really good at like essentially cashing out on that guy for compensatory picks. But point is like you have a guy on the inside that draws a bunch of pressures, so you're always seeing one on one from the edge rushers, and it allows them to get easier pressure. That just kind of isn't going to happen anymore. And yeah, it, it does suck. Like, I, we don't know where. I mean, we, like you said, we don't have anybody that just is frightening on our defense. And with Omenahue being out for six games, you know, we, we start to run thin a little bit. So um, at linebacker, we got Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, Drew Tranquil, 
uh, Leo Chanel and uh, UDFA Cam Jones, uh, who per reports is like almost like a Nick Bolton. Like it's crazy how this guy wasn't drafted, but it's because run stuffing linebackers just don't get drafted anymore. Don't mean nothing, brother. I like our linebacker core. There's our linebacking core. Like twenty years ago, would be like an all that's, like a that's monster. A world. Yes, that is a problem. But this linebacking core is just full of meatheads, in my opinion. Willie Gay, who's super athletic, just hasn't quite figured it out yet. Uh, as long as he doesn't, as long as he doesn't beat a vacuum, you know, like. But his athleticism, running sideline to sideline, Drew Tranquil, able to play the dime, you know, he's just the athleticism at linebacker is what like gets me excited because you can yeah. make up for so much, so many deficiencies by just being athletic at linebacker. Um, but again, linebacker is like the least important position on defense in the NFL. So, yeah, it's a really good group, but the rest of our defense is a really bad group unless Chris Jones is there. Yeah, I, I like like I said, we have to make up for it in t- intelligence, which sometimes just isn't enough. Um, and then we get into our DB room with Jerry Sneed, who hasn't been in. He's been hurt. I'm worried about that. Like he hasn't been involved in preseason this whole time. And that's Has a little, he been hurt or is this like a holding in situation? Because I've always kind of wondered that a holding. What do you mean? Like he wants a contract. No, I think he. He's not like Chris Jones. Uh, he's actually came out and said this, like, like he is like just recovering. So I don't know if that means he's going to be back for week one. He's, he doesn't have the draft value. Like he wasn't picked very high. That's, that's kind of the point though. He hasn't been yeah. paid yet. And he's been our he's top been paid, So he's not going to like play well, unless I, he's a hundred. I could, I guess I could understand that too, as for him, like wanting to get a contract he's older than people think like he's almost 27 years old and coming up on his final year of his contract. So I can see why like he'd want the bag now rather than at the end of this year when he will be like his late 27, you know, like he's, like I said, he's older. It's worth noting too, that he's like a type of guy we usually let walk. Like, yeah. Like, so him comparison, his comparison to me is like what Juan Thornhill should have been, you know, like, Juan Thornhill was an older guy coming out of college where we picked up, had high expectations for him, had a really good rookie season. Sneed just got better. Thornhill, and we let Thornhill walk. Granted, he had a worse, you know, last three years of his career compared to what Sneed has had. But Sneed is just reckless abandonment, and I just don't see his body surviving another two or three years. And that's why I think Veach Veach would probably let him walk. Um, Let's see. Uh, Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, and Nick Jones uh, all has also made it. Uh, Nick Jones had, I think, a finger surgery or something like, or maybe didn't need surgery. Uh, so that's another injured corner that's just really worrisome. Uh, safety: Justin Reed, Chamari Connor, Mike Edwards, and Brian Cook, and then our three specialists: uh, Bucker Townsend and Winchester. Yeah, I'm. Uh, to kind of like keep hitting on the secondary there, uh, that our secondary sees a lot of like a boost in raw stats just because other teams are forced to pass the ball so much against us. So like in terms of a like efficiency or what, whatever term you want to use there, they're not actually as good as their raw numbers suggest just because of the pass volume that's put against them. That's helped, I guess, perception of the Chiefs defense over the last couple of years. 
especially last year because they were a pretty aggressive group. But um, I guess nothing's really changed. They played above expectations last year, but we're still like one of the worst like groups in the league. So I guess we just kind of set up for another year of that, except expect a little bit of a like regression and pass rush without Chris Jones. And see that we went a little lighter on DB this year than usual. And we went really heavy. Like I said, this is a very like 20 years ago team. We're really heavy on the interior and you know, our line and we're just real light on corner, which is completely opposite of how we usually go where 95% of defenses are ran out of sub. Like we always run, most of them just have two linebackers. I I won't be shocked if we run three linebackers for the majority of every game this year. And but I think you have the personnel for that, right? Drew Tranquil is very much a safety playing linebacker. Like that's yeah, like him and Willie Gay are like pass coverage linebackers. Like yeah, you don't lose too much actually having those guys like playing on the field. Yeah, and I, I, go ahead. Uh, just to like say something to make Beans happy because we've hounded Beans for the first 20 minutes of this podcast. Um, the reality of this is like the stars and scrubs approach that like the Rams coined and made like a big deal. The Chiefs have been doing it or continuing to do it to like a much, much better degree than the Rams. We have three Hall of Famers on our roster. And when you have that, nothing else really matters. And by Hall of Famers, I mean uh, Travis Kelsey, Pat Mahomes, and Andy Reid. So when like you bring that to the table, there's just not it makes up for so much that like we said all this stuff last year and we still won the Super Bowl. So like unless we see like you're of course you're an injury away, you're an Andy Reid retirement, you're like your margin for error is really small. But as long as you got those three like there clicking, um, I guess the Chiefs floor is still just super high because when you have three Hall of Famers, it just is really hard to beat that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, I'm really excited for this young group. Uh, but good boy. Oh. Sorry, Sam. Sam wanted to come up. You have something to say, Sammy? Sammy says, I want a Justin Ross jersey. Oh, he, I'll get him one. No, but anyways, I'm excited for this really young group of core players. Um, I think, you know, I think that we, we keep getting younger and that's why I think somebody like Chris Jones need, you know, I think we'll see them go. Honestly, I don't think Justin Reed will make it next year. I think that he's a very much a, we're going to let him go guy. Um, like MVS is right now are going to be probably our oldest player on our roster next year. Like, yeah, that's um, on I, contract. I, I, so. Doug, if MV, if if we get any production like you're projecting out of uh, you know Justin Ross, MVS is going to be cut. <laughs> Justin Ross or Justin Ross season, baby. I'm really high on him. Yeah, we'll, so we'll yeah, get any more of that later. So, do you guys have any other like qualms or questions on our roster? And no, the only thing I'll add what we're talking about MVS is uh, the reality of like his uh, not only MVS being here and being bad is like bad. But, like, we signed him to a big enough contract that we're, like, even though we're as much, like, good as our coach, our, I'll talk up on our coaching staff, we still start him just because of the contract. And that, like, again, nothing matters with Andy Reid and everything, blah, blah, blah. But, like, MBS starting every single snap for us on offense is a legitimate hindrance, and it won't change unless he's hurt. Um, and it also kind of blocks us getting players that either are just as good as MBS or 
at least have a higher ceiling than MVS. I mean, your Rashi Rice, your Justin Ross, your Richie James sometimes are just not going to see the field because a player, especially after Kadarius Tony returns. And I, I legitimately hate that for the Chiefs. I hate it for the Chiefs. Hated it last year, but it's like the reality. I think you're like you could see so much of an improvement with this young wide receiver core just maturing a year, but also losing a just anchor like MVS on the on the that's bringing down the entire rest of the wide receiver core just in terms of snaps. So our roster actually like well MVS's contract is fairly like outable if that makes sense like none of his money is guaranteed no even now like if we were to cut him now like we'd save 10 million dollars right but we'd still spend 10 it goes to like zero after this year yeah so but so this is very much like yeah you're you're maybe it's seven million i don't know it's one where like it's one of those where like if we cut him like we save like an it's wash so it's like i don't know so yeah, that's the only thing I had to add, though. Our uh, staff is incredible. Mahomes is incredible. Uh, Travis Kelsey getting older is going to like start to concern me in the same way of, like, same thing I said about Chris Jones. Like, we scheme up a lot of shit, but a lot of that is made significantly easier by Travis Kelsey pulling coverage his way. We're losing coverage dictating players on offense, and that really scares me. Well, um, Kelsey's game is, like, very – he could play until he's 37, honestly. Like, because the way, like, I think Sam's mentioned this before in the pod, like he doesn't take his, he just either catches it and like falls forward or he tries to get out of bounds. But like the hits he takes are, he might take like one big solid hit a year. But other than that, like his game is just like very much catch, get as many yards as possible. And then just like find a way to get down. He picks his spots really, really, really well. He does. He does. And I think that's to uh, test his route running ability to be open to get that extra three or four yards. So that that, that doesn't take away from his abilities still. No, um, he's like been still one of the difference essentially from beating man coverage versus beating zone coverage. Like his ability to beat man coverage over like the next couple of years is just going to decline because he's going to be less of an athlete. Um, but he's always going to be able, like kind of like Larry Fitzgerald late in his career, just be able to find holes in zone, be a chain mover. But with well, then, uh, what he's but, meant to our offense over the last almost you know half decade, decade is just a lot more than just a chain mover. And somebody like a Justin Watson, like he's just a like, all right, this is your role. Go freaking do it, and he'll go do it. Like go set a pick for Travis Kelsey while he gets open here. That is strictly his job. He will run. Five to six routes a game, but all five to six routes, he'll just do what he's told. If I'm told to run seven and a half yards and cut in to set something up for Kelsey, I'm going to run seven and a half yards, cut in, and let something happen for Kelsey. That's his job. Isn't it kind of incredible? And I I don't say this to like add credence to like what we talked about last year, but it is kind of amazing that our coaching staff values so much and trust the scheme so much that like – you being a lesser talent, but knowing the playbook is so much more valuable in Kansas City than any other place, especially because you just being where you're supposed to be is by nature going to make the defense, you know, not where they're supposed to be and leave your Noah Gray's uncovered 30 yards downfield and all that bullshit. Like we we talk about this and joke about this, but I mean, the reality is there. Like we w- talked about last year with Sky Moore not playing the entire season, then comes out 
doesn't understand the playbook and a player like Justin Watson starts the entire year. It's kind of crazy because like boggles my mind, but because like most rosters like or most like playbooks like most uh, playbooks are designed for like zones or like certain areas like, you know, try try to reach this certain area and like find space. Ours is like kind of weird. It's like some you're going to have to be as specific as possible. Others are like you're doing this for a reason. And then others are like, okay, here's your zone. Get there. One thing we need to talk about, and I'm glad I remembered this, um, mm-hmm. with, I know, Sydney, I'm sorry, um, with how Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders have looked in the preseason, which in my opinion, Sam Howell's looked great in the preseason. I know, I'm sorry. I'm, talking about so glad I, I'm so glad I bought in on Sam Howell. Um, does it, I guess Andy Reid is the, you know, the, the, cha- the trained all this, like, blah, 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 but, like, um, I keep talking about our staff, our staff, our staff being this like incredible thing, whatever we, we rotate, we We rotate through offensive coordinators and that's fine. Does it concern you at all? And I guess even more so, does it concern you for after Andy, if uh, say Eric Bianami goes and, you know, Sam Howell becomes a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, like, holy shit, look at this. Everything he's learned from Andy. We gonna, Andy Reid's not going to be here forever. He's going to be think, here. Mahomes will be here. Matt Nagy. Be yeah, I was about to say, Matt Nagy was an OC when Alex Smith was here. Yeah, and I, he went to Chicago, and look what happened to Trubisky. Like, they took Trubisky before Mahomes. So, you know, may, it's hard to say with that, but, you know. Um, to be fair, Matt Nagy walked into the room. But some people are just way better at being – coordinators and they are as head coaches. Maybe Nagy is just never designed to be a head coach for anybody. Maybe he's just designed to be because when I catch like Andy Reid, like he's got very much like a tough dad, like or more like a grandpa, I guess. Like, but very much a supportive grandpa. Whereas like and then Matt Nagy's like the fun dad who's like cool hip in his thirties and has his young kid and he's always the coach of the team, whatever. Like that's what Matt Nagy is, is to me. So I, I feel like there's very much a good mesh going with Andy Reid and Matt Nagy. But no, it doesn't concern me. I'm not concerned with that at all. I, w- I was mostly um, like, you know, we go through this whole offseason. Every offseason was a wise Eric B. Enemy not finding a job. The Eric B. Enemy situation as a whole is just kind of interesting to me. Now he goes to uh, Washington. I guess we'll see when we get outside the preseason, but... Um, so far, a good start to him, it's looked like. No, yeah, I'm glad. I mean, there was that little hiccup there where they thought he was too tough, which, fuck off. Like, that, that's, that's, just, just, that's just a team that isn't used to winning. Exactly. Uh, that's what the enemy even said. Like, I carry his, I carry love for everybody, but I'm going to get in your ass. <laughs> uh, yeah, and when it comes to reports like that, too, uh, let's just ask our national media reporting on the Jonathan Taylor saga, like how much truth is reported every single day. And like, uh, yeah. are we, we going to get to talk about that, by the way? Like, we should probably talk about that. That has been insane. Let's dive in. Uh, did did you guys see who the mystery team was? What? Again, uh, there was a mystery team, but on the same day, there was a report that there was no actual interest because the Colts were asking for players like Jalen Waddle in return. Can so we not hide the fact? Can we not hide the fact that the? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt here, but the whale died. Like, just go ahead and sign Taylor now. The whale died. You are that. Whoa. That should be for. 
means. Like, they don't want to sign him, but they don't want to trade him. It's the damnedest thing. It's the same thing with Austin Eckler, except Jonathan Taylor has decided to be, like, extremely, like, pro-union in this situation. He could also be hurt for what it's worth. But, no, like, the... The, the Dolphins were the team that, like, was the most engaged, and they were talking about Jalen Waddell, like, you know, the Colts were, which is ridiculous. And Pat McAfee made a tweet about, like, how that might not have been as ridiculous as people thought, which is insane um, because he's just a Colts fan. But the, mis- the, the there was a mystery team. Like, it was reported that there was an actual mystery team. Who do you Does think? Anyone want to take a guess who the mystery team was? It was the Packers. <sighs> It was the Packers, which makes no Are goddamn sense. Me? No, it was the fucking Packers. I mean, I, yeah, I, I just don't think there's any truth, like, out with the majority of what we're hearing this entire time. Like, I think the most likely thing is Jonathan Taylor is actually just, like, still somewhat hurt from his ankle injury. But it's turned into a national story, and they're just digging for as much information as they can at this point. I wonder like, if he'll play. Um, I thought about, I mean, if he stays the entire year on the pup, he still loses his eligibility, which would be good for Jonathan Taylor. Cause that's, I think what he wants at this point, but he doesn't make that decision. Um, By losing his eligibility, you mean his, his final year of his contract. Gotcha. Becomes a free agent. So I, I don't know. This entire situation is like really petty from both sides, but I understand Jonathan Taylor's side. The Colt side makes no goddamn sense whatsoever. Like the, as Jim Mersey, like Jim Mersey is just, I think we can all agree has been very petty throughout this entire process, but you've uh, came out and talked about how Jonathan Taylor, like if he's just out of the league, nobody will care. And then you're asking for players like Jalen Waddle in return for a trade. I just don't think that he was ever actually available for trade. I said this I, in our group chat when it happened. I, I said it was just a PR move. And to be honest, it was a very good one for him because people actually believed it. Um, like now, even when you're talking about tra- trying to trade for Jalen Waddle and stuff, people actually still like register that as holy shit. Like they were asking for this. Nobody thinks about the fact that the Colts know that they're not going to accept that. All they care about is that the national media is like, we're trying to work with this player. We're trying to make this work for both sides, blah, blah, blah. Colts know that they ain't doing that. The Colts are sitting here trying to either keep them there, keep them under contract, not pay him. Hopefully he just comes out and plays. It's just, it's been a messy, and terrible situation, and to be honest, I just kind of hope Jonathan Taylor gets away from Jenner, Jim Irsay for himself and for, I guess, uh, another team that's going to get a player like Jonathan Taylor. Well, and think of who's left like on that team outside of Jonathan Taylor. I, I'm not concerned about the Colts because at the same time, everything I'll say about Jonathan Taylor, like Jonathan Taylor is going to me- like matter like – five to 10% on how the Colts do this year. Like Anthony Richardson's play, like all that matters. Yeah. Like the best, the best running back on the Colts without Jonathan Taylor is Anthony Richardson. Like, yeah. Yes. That team is going to be a mess this year, by the way, that team's vets are 30 years old. They have like two players that are 30 years old. No one else. Like, yeah, they're like a super young team. They're, they are going to be a mess. They're like the media. What pisses me off is the media keeps hyping them up as like, Oh, this team only has two people over the age of 30. These guys are young with like a fire emoji. And it's like, shut your mouth. (laughs) They are really young. They are real young, but that doesn't equate to like 
winning. <laughs> so no, they're going to be bad. Like they're going to be very bad. Yeah, but Anthony Richard. Most of the people you see hyping him up are like because Anthony Richardson will be a fantasy football cheat code. Like oh he will be. You know, Anthony Richardson. There's a very strong possibility for him to be really good this year because you got you know they've got a pretty good wide receiver core. Really good. They really don't. What? They have <laughs> three wide good. receivers said, on their roster right now. The Chiefs have seven. I said pretty good wide receiver. Like as far as your hey. core three, and and if you count, you know, you know, uh. Woods as you know, he, he got put on IR today, brother. Yeah. Oh, he shit, shit, he did. Oh, I yeah. did not know yeah. that, brother. I don't know why you're calling. Don't defend the Colts wide receiver core, my guy. Now, Michael Pittman is like solid, and uh, even Alec Pierce is probably like the second best receiver on the Chiefs right now. But like the point is, they got two guys, and nobody after that. Nobody that's coming out of the tight end room. And now nobody's coming out of the running back fucking room. What's his nuts? The guy from the Bills last year, they re-signed him after they put Jelani Woods on IR. Grant uh, Hodges. Not Hodges. Oh. Um, Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, Isaiah McKenzie. Which, they cut him today. Yeah, they just cut him. They just cut you're, him again? Yeah, so you're down to Josh Downs. Yeah, um, there's three wide receivers on their roster. Yeah, there's three wide receivers. I thought it said that they resigned him after they put Woods on IR. No, I guess they might have maybe. Oh, I don't oh, know. I, I, the last report I saw was him getting cut. That was it. When, well, yeah. when was that? Uh, this morning. Yeah, yeah. See, I saw mine this afternoon, so I might be more right than you. Damn, that's a crazy turn. Hey, we're going to cut you here in four hours. We will resign you. By the way, Beans, how many players do you think had 10 uh, touchdowns from scrimmage last year rushing and receiving? I don't know. Uh, 19. Oh, that is right, actually. Wow. Justin uh, Jefferson is, like, not one of them also. How many wide receivers do you think out of that 19 there are? Uh, I'm going to say seven. I think there is Devontae Adams. AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs, end of list. Yeah, that's a and, and Justin Ross. <laughs> there, there's no, there's no, there's no reason for me to bring that up. Um, that means that means nothing. But yeah, I I don't really have anything more to add on the Jonathan Taylor situation. From like an NFL, it kind of has amazed me. I don't know what the NFL does, but from a the running back position is such a marketable and um, I, it's an important position in terms of marketing and everything to the NFL. I'm amazed that they haven't like tried to help resolve this in any way. Again, I don't know what that looks like. And you're trying to tell a billionaire owner to not be a dickhead, which like you can't really do either. So um, the NFL kind of has their hands tied. Uh, we, running back position is not important. I don't think Jonathan Taylor should get paid like market leading contracts or anything like that. But I also think that there's a large gap between how they're treating Jonathan Taylor, the person and not paying him. And somewhere in the middle, there's like treating human beings nice and not paying them and like going to free agency and getting a David Montgomery contract from the Detroit lions. So, uh, but we missed that bus sports 51 minutes ago. Colts re-sign wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie, place tight end Jelani Woods on IR. I have better sources than Beans. Well, they got four wide receivers at least now, so they can <laughs> they can uh, almost run five wide. 
Um, this just in. Uh, Chiefs have claimed the following. Darius Rush, cornerback. Uh, um, Darius Rush, sorry. Um, practice squad. Young team. Yeah. He, actually, he was like a fifth-round pick. Um, so now we're back to six corners. Awesome. Did he rush the passer? We'll find out now, won't we? Uh, practice squad players, Echo Boydo, Dion Bush, Matt Ray. Bushman. Cole Christensen. Oh, Matt Dickerson went. They must have put him on. That's crazy. Uh, Truman Jones, Darian Kennard, Chris Aludikin, Michael P. Ryan, Cornell Powell, Daenerys Prince, Austin Ryder, Danny Shelton, Reese Taylor, Chris Williams. Cornell Powell, another guy there that's just kind of incredible and hung around. Uh, that guy um, just he, was like a, he was like a fourth-round pick, too. That but, dude must be like one of the greatest practice players of all fucking Blocking, time. man. Blocking. Uh, speaking of Echo, though, a player that I wish would have returned, and he did not. But I think that's a perfect time for us to transition to talking about Kansas State football and the season ahead of us. We start here on Saturday. Let's go. Yep, I'm excited. Now, I do have to interject with one question. We are, you know, a not we are not a non-biased news source. Are we going to do a schedule prediction for both Kansas State and KU? Nope, time God. constraints can't fit yep. it in. Yep, uh, yeah, that's I crazy. Feel like that is bad juju for the season, my friends. <sighs> We can run care. through it real quick for the University of Rock Jack. Okay, we can we bounce back. Howard, we can, they do not. We can bounce back and forth. Don't so we can. We, let's just go through the whole K State KU thing. No, let's We're just do. Gonna, let's just do week one K State KU, week two K State, then KU, like, and then so okay, forth and so forth. It's going to be confusing, Beans, but you, yeah. you got it. You're the one with the phone. Take us I through, do. Beans. As soon as I find KU's football schedule. Again, I would just do <laughs> KU's first and then KU's. Well, it's not my fault that KU makes their website so fucking hard to follow. Okay, all right, got it. You just okay. gotta type in KU football schedule. It's right there at the front. 2023. Okay. Week one, K-State opens up this weekend at what What time? <laughs> at what time's the game? 6 p.m. At 6 p.m. against Southeast Missouri. State. What are our thoughts? Well, how, well, our offense is scoring 50 every game now, so we got to get used to that, um, which is good because our defense lost a lot of like impact players. Um, in terms of Southeast Missouri, I don't think any of this matters. We're going to kick their ass. Um, Southeast Missouri sucks. We don't. We have and, bigger problems to uh, attend to if we're losing to Southeast Missouri State. Um, I am going to look up Southeast Missouri State's record from last year. I like to do this every year for the team that we play, and usually it's a pretty good indicator of, you know, if the team is going to be complete garbage or not. Um, over or under a four and a half games, we see Avery Johnson play. Under. We are not going under. to use him in any games unless we have to. They're saying he's the best quarterback on our roster right now. That's really I scary for Will Howard. Yeah, <laughs> we are he, like he, he sure fucking might be, brother. Um, we're not gonna burn his fucking red shirt when we. Is there a him. chance that yeah. we? Because it doesn't have to be the first four games, right? It could be the last four, middle four, whatever four. Correct. 
Like, is there a chance like we don't play him at all this these next four games and just yeah, no? Okay, if he's the best beans, if he's the best quarterback on our roster, we're not going to fucking play him in any games because if Will Howard gets hurt for three games, we're gonna want him to play for three games. That's what I. That's what I was asking. Don't yell at me. I'm asking questions. I am reporting here. No, but you're asking if we're gonna see him in any of the first four games, which the answer is no, unless Will Howard is hurt. Okay, that's what I was asking. Don't yell at me. I'm just asking the questions. I just had the realization that, like, Will Howard could be bad again now that we're talking about Avery Johnson. And it's like bringing back. Can I, like, ask why that thought just hasn't crossed anyone's mind? Because I don't want to think about it. We're a big 12 champion. We have a whole freshman season. Sophomore and then, like, a couple games of a sophomore season that are just bad tape, and then, like, one half of a season that's Be- good. Because, Sam, when I went to work, I told people definitively that Will Howard is a Division two quarterback, and he's brought more pain to my eyeballs in the last two years than any player in the country. And then and, uh, all we the have- heads at work said, no, he hasn't got time to prepare because COVID and blah, blah, blah. And then he goes out there, has a hot six-game stretch, and is now, like, getting talked about in, like, Heisman Dark Horse-like things. And I don't want to think bad thoughts because I've had my Will Howard bad time, and I want Will Howard happy time again because I don't want to sit through Saturdays where we have to walk into your fucking basement Oh, you mean Aaron crack open multiple beers and watch us lose to Texas Tech because we can't do a fucking thing. No, we won that game. We beat Texas Tech. Barely, we lost to Iowa yeah. State. We we like got destroyed by Iowa State and Oklahoma State. We lost to Oklahoma State. We too. do we do have the receipts on previous podcasts of Gavin calling Will Howard multiple that uh, Gavin calling Will Howard a Division two quarterback. Here's the problem: if if he sucks this year and Avery Johnson takes over, nobody cares about me being correct. All that people remember is the fact that he won a Big 12 title. Like, I'm in a lose-lose situation here. The well, only way I'm happy is if Will Howard wins. And he's My good. hope is that it's, Will Howard plays exactly – well, I. my realistic hope is that Will Howard plays 14 more games for us and then never plays for us again because he goes pro. Yes. Serious question, though. Like – is Skylar Thompson's a backup quarterback in the NFL? Is there like a trajectory of Will Howard just being good enough that like he's just a good enough quarterback for Kansas State, wins us some games, and he's just a backup quarterback in the NFL? Yes. I mean, there there weird things happen every year, Beads. Joe Burrow was like a fifth round projected pick, and now he's like one of the three best quarterbacks on planet Earth. It's true. So like yeah. Will Howard theoretically could throw for fucking like thirty-five touchdowns on and five picks and like four thousand yards theoretically. Here, here's the thing we're missing is how Will Howard plays this year. All that stuff. He still gave us like the story last year, like you know the big, dude, like the did, How bad would Will Howard have to play for? like that big 12 title to just kind of come off his resume and just be like a Felix induced thing. I mean, I feel like at that point we just start playing Avery. Like I would hope, but like the, I guess the point is like the, the turnaround story, the not transferring out, getting carried off the field against Oklahoma state, just all that stuff coming together for him. Like as a person, I just 
don't want Will Howard to just go back to being normal Will Howard. I want him to be not normal Will Howard and be good. So, okay. like, that's, hey, that's, Will that's Howard put on, Will Howard put on the 18 jersey. That's a different Will Howard. 18 Will Howard's not the same as 15 Will Howard. That's Peyton Manning. Is there a reason we didn't give him number seven? Shut the fuck no. up, Dean. Yeah, shut the fuck up, Skylar Thompson. <laughs> you earn number seven. You don't ask for it. Okay, all right. Let's get back. Let's get back to the schedule predictions. Southeast uh, okay. Missouri. Everyone's, okay, Southeast Missouri State, nine and three last year. Finished FCS ranked number fifteen. First round loss in the FCS playoffs, but also had like a forty-two to ten loss to Iowa State on their resume, and Iowa State wasn't very good last year. So mixed bag. We should win. Yeah. Yep. No, I agree. Um, oh, my God. That- Do you remember when Will Howard came in for Skylar Thompson against South Dakota two years ago and, yes. like, almost lost us that game? No, he just, like, <laughs> immediately started throwing interceptions. It's like the only oh, thing yeah, you can't man, do. That was a time. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Okay, again. so, so, so wait. Even, um, was it the Stanford game? He came in and just, like, immediately. No, that it? you're thinking of Joe Hubner. <laughs> Okay, Will no, Huebner, but it's a good joke. Yeah, okay. like one play against Stanford because Jesse Ertz got hurt. He threw a pick immediately, and it was just like, "Wow, I hate this." And all right, let's, like, I don't let's, care how hurt you are, Jesse. Get back in there. Let, all right, let's stay on track here. Are we all saying dub for Southeast Mel? Yes. I'm sure yeah. we're okay. all saying dub for KU too because they're playing like fucking Missouri. They're playing. State. They're playing Missouri State Week One, so we're Missouri all saying State dub. Actually, is better than Southeast Missouri State if we're being honest. Uh, Missouri State is like an actual like okay FCS team, but KU was actually like an okay FBS team this year. So that would be exceedingly funny if they lost, but I would absolutely not predict it. Are we all saying dubs there? Yes. Okay. Right. Cool. Are we Week talk two. Jalen Daniels and how good he is because he's we're good. we're we're a very biased podcast. Uh, week two, we got on September nine at eleven a.m. And we got Troy. Oh, man, it's just Troy, Gavin, just like it's just Tulane. Uh, I was just about to say that exact thing of, like, this feels like the it's just blank game where, you know, we either hit Chris Harper, like, last second to beat North Dakota State and nobody remembers it, or we don't, and Adrian Martinez takes a oh, sack. Man, on- not, not, to, uh, we, not to, like, cut you off, but we can't, like, say that we beat North Dakota State because we didn't. You're thinking of Eastern Kentucky, I think. Eastern Kentucky, my bad. Yeah, well, we we definitely did not beat North yeah. Dakota State. <laughs> um, but I guess, yeah. No point is, uh, we go into the Tulane game last year. This has a lot of like feelings like that to me. We still should win. Um, the one thing that I feel like really sets this K State team back is the lack of like speed and dynamic speed and playmaking at any position at all. Just period. Um, There's no size either at wide receiver. Our yeah, we're small and slow. Long which is not a good combination. And I feel like we could see a lot of like lesser talent teams beat up on us because of that, especially from the offensive side. Um, I think we would beat Troy. There's no reason we shouldn't. So do you want me to be, okay. So this is just from what I heard. I listened to a, podcast a wildcats podcast to win the sum belt this year. That's all I, uh, no. So I'm getting there on that one there, Sam. So, a podcast I listened to a couple months ago did K-State schedule predictions for the season. They said that this is the best recruiting class Troy has got has received in a while. So we're playing them early. Exactly. I'm so, saying dumb. Wait, wait, wait. 
So, like, Troy is bringing in a bunch of good freshmen, or Troy is bringing in, like, a bunch of good transfers? I don't re- – I listened to this a couple months ago. They just said this was the best, like, class. I don't know if that meant transfer class, if that meant, like, recruiting transfer class. class worries me. Recruiting class does not because yeah. freshmen th- – this is not a slight at Troy or really any program in the Sun Belt. But 90% of freshmen that go to a Sunbelt or CUSA or MAC conference, Mountain West and um, Mountain West and American especially are a little bit different. But 90% of those kids are not going to like win you games against FBS competition until about their third season. Usually, I agree. So. We all three chalking that up as dubs. Yes. Um, sure. Why not? Okay. Troy is we actually like, put an asterisk next to it. What's that? Yeah. Troy will be good. So here's one thing that's actually going to be super interesting about that game. Um, it's going to be hot as fucking balls the next two weeks, and Troy is in Alabama, and K State is in Kansas. So Troy will probably be used to but play. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff. That's like not quite. That means the sun is going to be over Oof. everyone, and it's going to be hot as fuck. That is true. Remember yeah, the Arkansas State that game, game? That game is going to be hotter. It could be five degrees cooler that day, and it's going to be ten degrees hotter than it's going to be at the six o'clock home opener. That's crazy. Well, because of the shade. Yeah. So. Week two, KU has Illinois. Illinois lost a lot of talent. They lost they did. Brown and lost uh, Witherspoon. Um, and I think they had a pretty good quarterback, too, if I remember right. I don't really know too much about Illinois. So I'm good I don't KU either. Fuck yeah. Brett I, I feel like this is one of those like really good like name. like we Oh, this is like a strength of schedule thing where like, we're going to throw in some like Big Ten school to make it seem like we're you know, oh, but I, we beat Illinois, but secretly Illinois is only one. Those teams were probably ass when they scheduled this game like five to eight five years ago. ago. Yeah. But uh, now both of them are half decent. So, you know, it's a half decent game now. All right. Then, then we got at Missouri. It's another yeah. 11 a.m. kickoff. Um, the good news is Missouri sucks. We kind of like. Exposed them last year early in the season. That was a fun the game to be at. Rained, and that's what yeah. That 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 was a uh, fun a fun game from a pan- some fan perspective. I enjoyed the fuck out of it. A lot of people did. I too. Yeah. It was really fun with the rain. I stayed in my seat the entire time. Um, Rackhead. Missouri sucks, but again, this is like a Detroit. In this game, is like my two. Um, I don't know, litmus test, like, early in the season. Like, if we come in and we handle our business against Troy and Missouri, like, and, like, you know, our offense looks good, like, no worries, same as last year, just continued. Like, my expectations for the, like, year, like, increased by, like, three, four, five wins, like, expected. But, like, my, my, I guess my expectations for this team are super wide, and, like, after these two games start to narrow significantly. Um, we We beat Missouri, I expect us to. I'm like looking and thinking this is like a 10 win K State team. Yeah, so for me, I like to always, whenever I do schedule predictions, I like to, uh, you know, kind of look at it and be like, ah, like, how many games are we going to win in this like frame, right? Of three. 
And K-State genuinely, generally does not come away from non-con with three wins. Like, it, like they do sometimes, but not very often. I think they exactly. did two years ago. But usually K-State doesn't come out of the non-con with three wins. So I'm going to give us the loss on this one because it's the road game. I will be at the game. It's going to be a good time, hopefully. Hopefully, you know, I'm wrong and whatnot because I'll be traveling to Columbia. But I think that is just one of those things where it's very hard for me to, like, definitively say we're going to win all three of these games. So I'm going to give us the loss in Missouri. So – I heard that like there was like a QB race between their quarterback, Jay, who's a sophomore, Jake Garcia, and returning quarterback Brady Cook. One other thing, by the way, in terms of returning production from last season, I believe KU is number one and Missouri is number two. So that is also like a huge rat reason why I think that that could change. So, and that's um, kind of where I'm at. Like if Garcia, like if you know, if reports are that he's coming in, you know, you, it's, if that's his first game or if that's his third game, you know, I feel more comfortable getting the dub on that one. If it's a Brady cook, I don't know. Last year was kind of a hard test for us because it was wet out. It was kind of a weird game. So I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell, uh, but I, I think we take the dub there. Yes. To, to your point on like the non-conference stuff, Sam, like I agree hundred percent with you. Um, the only thing I'll like, other than Skylar Thompson, because Skylar Thompson was an extremely overrated K-State quarterback, like before him, like historically when K-State returns the starting quarterback like year over year, that second year is like a 7, 8, 9, 10 win season, just almost like on just on fucking repeat. Of course, Skylar Thompson fucks that over with his injuries and the COVID stuff. But point is, like we return Will Howard – we're looking at a different like historic K-State team than what you usually see with those three early yeah. season conference stuff. And like, yeah. it's all games we should expect to win anyways, but uh, K-State returning their starting quarterback historically is like a super good indicator. Well, I mean, to be fair, I expect us to win every game. So yeah, except for yeah. I didn't expect us to win that game. <laughs> um, week three for KU. They are at Nevada and it's a nine thirty PM kickoff. Uh, sucks for them. Uh, they will win that game though. I think Nevada is actually. Wow. I don't I think know, Nevada dude. Nevada is actually like bad. Like, are they? Okay. I wasn't that the away factor and the fact that it's at nine 30 really just like kind of throws me through a loop, whether or not they're going to be good this year. I don't know. Yeah. This is going to be one of those like 50 to like 60, like ball games and just because it's late night on the West coast and it's like, yeah, nobody cares about it. You wake up in the morning and go, Holy shit. And <laughs> that was a good game to watch, but yeah, nobody Nevada watched it in 10 last season. So yeah, this is a horrible game. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah, so Nevada did not win a game in the mountain West last year. Their only wins came in the first two weeks when they played New Mexico state and Texas state. And then they lost to Incarnate Word. <laughs> All right. Iowa. They got shut out by Iowa and gave up 27 points to Iowa. Ow. Damn. Damn, that hurts. That's a yeah, no, Nevada is going to get I, – I, I genuinely think Nevada might give up 50 this, points. This will be the game where everybody's like Jalen Daniels for Heisman is really going to start no piping up. No one has ever won a Heisman trophy in 
uh, September, except for Lamar Jackson. And he still almost lost the Heisman Trophy to Deshaun Watson. All right. The next week we have UCF, Big 12 opener. Um, I'm just I gonna, love the like, fact that I love the fact that our Big 12 opener is a new com- new team in the conference. I love that. That's exciting. I I think we'll win this game. I know a lot of there, there's a lot of hype around UCF, but generally whenever new transfer portal is going to be a little bit different. But whenever a team from the group of 5 comes up to the power 5, they usually struggle for about the first season. Um that might not happen to UCF, uh since BYU and uh, Houston because of the transfer portal and how easy it is to get more talent now. But I I have a hard time seeing us losing to any of the old American teams, especially at home. So yeah, the W here. Gavin? Yeah, I no real further analysis. The only thing is uh just to speak on Central Florida, I'm super happy Central Florida is here um, beyond just like all of the conference realignment stuff. Um, if Jacob Land is listening to this, he'll, he'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, we had a like uh, a online dynasty back in the NCAA 14 days that went to the year like, you know, 2,246 or something like that. <laughs> but um, Central Florida was like the team that I just kind of like picked because I like kind of liked them and it just became a soft spot in my heart. So it's just personally cool that they entered the Big 12. But were, were, uh, we, yeah, playing, were we playing NCAA 14 when that was Blake Bortles time? That was Blake Bortles, yeah. yeah Blake so that, Bortles that's, that's a good reason. That's a great uh, reason to have picked UCF at that time. Independent from that as well, the last center, time Central Florida played in Manhattan was? The Cloud Game. There you go. Good job, Sam. The, like, I think they won that game like 17 to 14 or something. That was like a dicey game. Yeah, no, we were kicking ass before the delay, and then like you know the tornado delay happens, and yeah, uh, and then like both teams really kind of fucking stopped after that. Yeah, yeah. Turns out, uh, near death experiences do that to people. So yeah. we all three saying dubs here. Yeah, I think so. Okay, all right. Then we got KU will be playing BYU at Lawrence. What are our thoughts? He's on that. Um, same kind of thing. I genuinely just don't see, I, I mean, I don't, I don't see those teams being bad, but like, I find it hard to think that the team, that a team that I think is actually like talented is going to lose to BYU. BYU beat Baylor last year at home and Baylor really wasn't like anything special last year. Mm-hmm. I, it's really more of a, it's in Lawrence and it's a new team. So I will take KU start the season four now again yeah um this field i get this is a good litmus test game for ku um yeah. and historic my, my mind just goes to this historical like well ku just loses this game um i'll predict a loss for ku just because i think historically it's kind of what you'd expect but truly i think it's a coin flip to be honest with you i mean i think ku is what ku is basically in my opinion very like we're going to know kind of how the season's going to go based off these four first four games. If they come out and lose to Illinois and BYU, uh, they might not be who we thought they were. <laughs> but if they come out and win, like the sky's the limit in my opinion. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I have them winning this one, but that, um, on to the next one. We got, OSU, that's a Friday night on October 6th, a 6.30 p.m. kickoff. 
Um, I am going to give Kansas State a loss because that is the day before your wedding, and uh, you know I lose games the days of people's weddings. So, yes, we get to pick the song that we walk down to, right? Because we got to yes, pick yes. Right. You we guys get pick to pick something super sad last second. If K oh State my wins. god, yeah, we have to have two. We have to have one for if K State wins and one for if K State loses. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, hundred. No, that's right. I forgot all about that. Um, seriously though, like OU is just OSU is one of those teams where it's like they should be good. Like all the ingredients for them to be good are the same. Like Alan Bowman is kind of like the big question mark at quarterback, and like a lot of like the whole K State beat the shit out of them last year. What, they were getting beat the shit beat out of them by everyone by the end of that season because they were so beat up. I don't know. It, it's just one of those things where, like, going into Stillwater is weird. Like, yes. Alan Bowman probably isn't completely fucked up yet because it's early in the season. Um, and Beans is getting married. So, like, K-State lost to Florida Atlantic while I was at a wedding. Um, K-State lost to TCU because I was at a wedding. I, I have like one memory of like us winning a game while I'm at a wedding. Every other time it's a loss. So guess what? Beans, you fucked us. Oklahoma State wins. Isn't it kind of funny that like Oklahoma State as a program took like a major downturn in terms of like, you know, full season success, like immediately following the Mike Gundy like racism situation? Like I that is kind of like I actually don't think that that's a coincidence. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting. But um, we win this game. I agree with – really, at this point, you're playing in the Big 12. Anything can happen. Like, TCU is supposed to suck last year, and then they didn't. Um, but we win this game. To Sam's point, really, I think when it comes to K-State, I they just kind of should run the table in the Big 12 on paper. So, like, really – all Pick right. Every, every, Beans, everywhere there. State, you are. Is K State going to make you sad the day before your wedding? No, I think we win this one. I I just don't think OSU has the returners that I think we should. You know, I, I I think our returns are better than what they returned. If that makes sense. So there's that. Um, KU versus Texas, and it's at Texas. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, KU is sick. KU is uh, four and one after this game. <laughs> In my prediction, um, Texas is really good. <laughs> Texas also beat the sh- KU has a propensity of making of having some pretty funny wins over Texas, but like this would be the coup de gras if they actually won this game. That I, I don't know if I'm all that high on Texas. I don't know. I'm like not if, that high on Texas either, but Texas is going to win a lot of like, games. I feel like this year could either be like really good for Texas or like Bijan. It proves that Bijan was just carrying the weight of that team. I mean, yeah, I'm all, I'm all in on that narrative, by the way, Beans. Thank but you. I'm I appreciate all that. All in about Texas not being good. Before K-State kind of like backed ass backwards into a like conference championship game last year, like Texas was the game that like ruined the hopes before they didn't. Yeah, and then TCU just randomly kept doing TCU things. Yeah. He shot uh, had like 20 yards that game. <laughs> oh, man. 
I, I will say, though, I actually was at a wedding for uh, that game and the K-State-Baylor game, so I guess I'm batting 500, so maybe I shouldn't give us a loss to Oklahoma State. I still am, but. Okay, we got Texas Tech at Texas Tech. Oh, oh my man. God. Yeah, I think this is the one where Texas Tech finally gets us. Um, we have been avoiding losing to Texas Tech for, like, this is very much like, I before Iowa State beat us for the first time in, like, 10 years, K-State, like, always found, like, really weird and awkward ways to get away from losing to Iowa State. And then they, like, beat K-State in the last game of Bill Snyder's career. This feels like – this very much feels like the game where Texas Tech finally gets us. It's like, oh, like, Will Howard ass-backed his way into beating us two years – like, in 2020, and then, like, Adrian Martinez just randomly, like, Figured out how to play quarterback last year, and then the year before. I don't even know how we won the year before that. Oh, it was the Felix game. It was the comeback. We had that crazy comeback. Felix had his oh yeah out party with the safety. Like we were dead in the water, and then somehow we won that game. Like the last three meetings against Texas Tech, we should have won. So I don't think we win this one because they're actually good this year, and they should be good. And if their quarterback is healthy, then I think we will finally succumb to Texas Tech. Our luck will finally run out. I think we lose this one. Yeah, Sam's talked me into it. I literally just said we should expect to win every game, but uh, Sam just brought back like all of the memories. There's a difference between expecting and like reality. Realistically, (laughs) we've been dodging losing to Texas Ross for like five years. Like it's insane. I can't. Like it, it's insane how we like dodge. It's like the Matrix in not losing to them. But uh, yeah, I, I for a schedule prediction, I think this is the one. I think really the next five games, because I looked at the schedule, the next five games are the ones where I think we lose three out of five. And so I'm just choosing these ones. All right. KU has UCF. Where? It will be in Lawrence. Oh, well, then give him the win. Why not? Fuck it. Got it. This is my, uh, like, fandom pick here for Central Florida. I'll go ahead and pick them to win, just, just so I can celebrate when they do, like, even more. I like that. Central Florida. Um, TCU. We will be <laughs> at home against that one. It's Harley Day, baby. Take us to win this game, because... They Surely, lost so TCU, much. TCU lost so much. They lost their best running back, their best wide receiver, and their an best caliber tight end, and a quarterback. Well, the which was also which was also a running back, which was also a running back. Um, I so Chandler Morris was supposed to start for them last year, but like TCU was just so on the seat of their pants of like doing things. Like the other thing that you use you Davis Hodges Tomlinson to like a Vila on offensive, like you lost a lot on a team that really was probably like a nine to ten. Team. They were yeah, they were real senior heavy last year. Like I thought we were senior heavy. They were heavy on the seniors. Yeah, like TCU is just a team that I see regressing and K State should be able to win that game at home. Like that's just how I see it. 
Yeah, that's uh, the one thing I know from that game for sure. It's like it'll be fun to like play TCU like after the Big 12 championship game and everything. But I know Manhattan will be painted purple for that game. So, oh, dude, Every, everybody's that, a K State fan. The wild thing about that is like even if TCU like isn't good at that point in the season, that game is going to be like everyone's going to be there for it because yeah. like everyone they're going to like do like Big 12 title like bullshit probably yep. and everyone's gonna be there and hope hopefully it's a night game. TCU could be three and three and like everybody's gonna want the Big Twelve matchup all over again. Yeah well, Howard will be a backup at that point and they'll like <laughs> in, like induct him at halftime. <laughs> all right. So so we all got across the board dubs here. All right. KU is going against OSU at Stillwater. Oh, I'll take Stillwater again. Why not? Stilly Wood's going to win twice. Yep. Okay. Stilly, Stilly Wood owns Kansas this season. Hey, you is less racist, so. All right. K-State has Houston at K-State. Give us a win because I am a homer and I am not picking us to lose against teams that just entered the conference. Gavin? I got like a weird feeling about this game. Houston's like always this team that has this like super explosive offense for like no reason, like passes a bunch. It's a really weird like mismatch of styles that like comes in and we play against. I see it being like a mismatch nightmare for us, not just in terms of like play style difference, but personnel too. And I can see like, that. Do, I can imagine us trying to cover a player like Tank Dell. I know that they don't have Tank Dell. The point is that they're just going to poop out another one because they're huge. That was also kind of the concern I had against UCF. That was really – I'm more concerned about them than uh, Houston, if I'm being honest. But, yeah. like, those teams – K-State is going to struggle against teams that have actual team speed this year. <laughs> uh, it's funny to say that. So I mean, you're gonna watch fucking uh, what's his nuts? Uh, what? Who? Who was it? The guy who was chasing Jameer Gibbs in the Sugar Bowl? Ah, uh, oh, um, Moore, Austin Moore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he didn't graduate, but yeah, Austin Moore. You're gonna watch Austin Moore get dusted by some kid from Florida who runs like a four three. Yeah. Uh, I have us winning this one, but it's... yeah. Great analysis, Beans. Thanks. KU has Oklahoma homecoming. Yeah, yeah, man. Woof. Never mind. That's back-to-back losses to an Oklahoma team. Oh, no. Interesting. I'm not high on OU this year. I, I think you're insane not to be high on OU this year. I'm I'm going with OU here. OU just, had, no, no, dude, don't get me wrong. Like, KU's losing this game. I'm just not a super fan of OU this season. I, I think a lot of people are very much discounting OU because they lost, like, a, several games in a row when their quarterback had a concussion and then immediately won, like, all the rest of them. Um, let's not forget, too, that, like, that was coming into a season where the entire, like, OU, OU had lost entire recruiting classes just because, like, they just, people transferring out, decommitting, whatever, because Lincoln Riley left. So, you finally get a, like, riding of the ship with Venables there, too, which is going to correct a lot of things. Um, including their defense. K-State plays at, at Austin, Texas. I'll be at that game. And we're going to lose. 
I, we're gonna win. We're gonna have like two like losses early in the season that we like hate after winning this game, and uh, we like play great, like everything's awesome, but it doesn't matter type thing. This is definitely a top two top fifteen matchups, right? Like two teams that'll be in the top fifteen at that time. No, like two not, or three weeks not into the season. Not, not things go to my schedule prediction. I think this yeah. is okay, but okay, two top twenty five, right? Right at some Maybe, point, this season, I don't know. At some point in the season, both K-State and Texas will be top 20. Yeah, at the yeah. beginning of the season. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, look, this game, could, this game could be, you know, Texas could do Texas things and they're unranked, and K-State could just, you know, be, like, injuries happen, and, like, K-State could just underperform. We can't replace Deuce, and our offense isn't explosive, and there's too much, you know, defensive turnover in K-State's, like, come into this game like four and three or five and three or whatever like it's not impossible again i'm not high on texas i honestly think we we were so close to winning last year's game and we were trying to fuck that up and like we were doing everything we can to lose that game and we were still so close and i also was up by like three scores at halftime beans i know and yet we were still like just right there in Trying, we were fighting. Our, well, like I said, Adrian Martinez was just trying to find a way to actually Colin Klein was trying to find a way to lose us that game, but like we still were so close to winning that. Oh man, could we have won that game with Will Howard? We'll never know. The world may never know. Could we have won that yeah, game with I Avery Johnson? I want to do a special shout out to Aaron Pachta because that man was <laughs> irate after yes. that game when Will Howard did not play. I think everybody I mean, was. I think everybody wanted Klein's head after was that. Cursing the ground that Chris Kleiman walked on. He salted it after every footprint. So that way where he was could not produce light. The the founding fathers were alcoholics and were rebellious. Aaron Pacta was an alcoholic, and he was ready to rebel against the great Chris Kleiman if yeah, if Adrian Martinez did not he, find his way to the if bench. If Chris Kleiman owned tea, Aaron would have thrown it into Tuttle Creek. <laughs> All right. KU has Iowa State. Ah, the school. Yeah, can't say that out of the air. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that, Iowa State oh, is in such turmoil right now. Oh, my God. But they're together. Uh yeah, they're the most together team ever because they gamble together. Um, is it where's that? Is it in Lawrence? It's in Ames. Oh man, it's in Ames. KU oh, man, KU will win. But dog, okay, Ames is Ames is just a fucked up place to play. It is a weird place. Like it's yeah. I still don't give KU the bet. I'm gonna give KU the bet for the doubt here. Yeah, I mean, Iowa State's. Iowa State's. It, KU probably should have lost Iowa State last year, but like, oh man, Ames is rough. Gavin, yeah, no, KU's uh, winning this game. I just, I Iowa State is in shambles. There, all right, Gavin and Sam. I'm gonna let you guys talk about uh, K State versus Baylor while I call in my supper real quick. I will be back. You guys talk about K State versus Baylor. Uh, and Baylor right sucks too. Yeah, this isn't the greatest game to leave us on. <laughs> it's okay. I'm I know we sure can... the next game is K State KU too. We could have just absolutely 
Oh, beans, no. I don't care no. about the next KU game. We can just jump to the K-State KU game. Um, or One sec. Let, let me just look. I bet you it's like a bye week, and like it'll be great. It'll be glorious. Give me un momento. Yeah, no, literally, if you would have just waited for a second, the next game is K-State KU. Oh, well, so, all right, K-State well, KU. Fumbled. Um, KU will play Texas Tech. Ah, okay, perfect. We're both giving K-State a win for Baylor, and we're both giving KU a loss for Texas Tech. Perfect, there you go, and there you go. K-State KU in Lawrence. I will be at that game, actually. I will as well, I think. Yeah, we need to get tickets. Um, they're gonna be, they're gonna cost like a hundred dollars. Um, I think that this is a very interesting game. I think actually, based on this projection, I have KU with like three losses. No, I think four. I think K State and KU both have four right now. I think they're both uh, six and four in my projections. Um, yeah, man. I so here's this, what I'm going to say. This, like, feels like the year KU would beat K-State, but doesn't it always feel like the year that it feels like they shouldn't win, that they they should win, like it just doesn't happen? I, I will say, though, like, yes, I agree with you, but um, we remember playing KU in Manhattan last year, coming out of that game being like, okay, like the way that this KU team played us felt tangibly different than years past like k-state was kind of always in control of that game but it felt like the like gap the talent gap the coaching gap whatever between both teams was just closer than i'd seen before yeah um so like in that way i'm scared in a way i haven't been before i feel like we're closer to that first i feel like ku's closing that gap i just don't think they're there yet i still think chris Kleinman gets the best of uh ku here what did I miss? Um, we're KU State plays Texas Tech. The next Holy game. shit! You guys, you guys ran right through that. Um, we, did. we said we were going to beat Baylor, and KU was going to lose to Tech. Like, but oh, okay, yeah, I agree with that too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We're talking K State KU now. Um, I I don't know. Like, part of me doesn't want to pick KU, but like. It just feels like if they don't win this one, you're going to be waiting for, like, you just, it. this would be, KU losing this year would be crushing, in my opinion. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like it'd be crushing, because, like, this is, this is it. Like, this is the best KU team since 2007. Yeah. Like, it's supposed to be, at least. And, like, what does it say if you can't beat K-State? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, feel, it feels like you've gone all in, and you have, like, a pair of aces, and if you lose with the pair of aces, then, like, it becomes when are we going to win? Like, can't, like is this ever going to happen? You know what I mean? Well, I agree. And Leipold, like, I Leipold's offense is, like – S tier. I love the offense he runs. If they ever get it figured out, like I feel like KU could be good. I'm going to pick KU because uh, I have coverage. I they either you know win and I'm right, or we lose and like yeah. So 
Wow. I either get the game right or I get to be happy about it. So um, I'm going with my standard uh, hedge. I think K-State is going to win this one because, like, this is the one sport we can claim. So... And baseball, like we okay, that doesn't count. That, that the football is the one sport we can claim on them. I'm going to keep it that way. We just beat them in basketball. Shut up! Yeah. This is the one sport we can claim on them. Okay. <laughs> we still have to win like 15 times. We 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 won like 14, 15 times in a row, and we still got to win another like 14, 15 times in a row to tie that so, whole time record. Yeah. I, so. By the way, Iowa State, like, we're behind by, like, two games. So, like, if we ever actually get past Iowa State in that, I'm going to be a very happy boy because Iowa State is bad. Uh, That's the next game. Yeah, Iowa State is bad, and they're playing in Manhattan, and we haven't beaten Iowa State in Manhattan since, uh, like, 2019 on senior day, I think. And that's senior day. So, how about that? We're going to win. Iowa State's in shambles. I'm not worried about that, but that's just bad memories. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to win that one. Like a 17 play drive to open up the third quarter, Gavin. Yes, I'm remembering that. I'm, I'm also yeah, remembering. They like five third downs. I'm also remembering like all the like stupid events that had to happen for us to beat Iowa State like the years prior to all of that. As oh, well. dude, the the uh, w- the Geary game when he the forced three, that three fumble. fumble game. Oh yeah, dude, the double fumble in like the last two minutes. Yeah, yep. peak cinema. Uh, Ku oh. has Cincinnati. Ooh, uh, that'd be a close game. Screw it. KU can win that one. I got KU like eight and four and K State like seven and five, I think. Yeah. I think that's about right. Yeah, but K State I could I could maybe give K State like one or two like a win here and KU a loss here, but I think both of them are about seven and five, eight and four. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh give KU that one as well. I'll give KU that as well. I wish we would have played Cincinnati this year, but I like the two like new teams we get. I'm, you know who I'm glad we missed? This BYU. is like a real sleeper team. I'm glad we missed uh, West Virginia because West Virginia was actually like competent with the quarterback that they had at the last three games. Garrett Green, I think, was his name. Yeah. West Virginia is like one of those teams that like if we got to the end of the year, I feel like especially if you get the uh, new coach bump, if they fired uh, – what's his name? It's not Neil Patrick. That's an actor. Um, Neil Brown, like Neil they Brown. fired Neil Brown and like get a offensive coordinator to come in, get a new, new coach boost. I feel like West Virginia could be like a very like dumb team to play down the stretch. So nobody's going to make it to this point in the, in the podcast, but for those that did, I, uh, want to sum up the schedule predictions by just looking back at fun memories, so we just go into the season with only happiness. Oh man, endorphins! Release the endorphins. Round table moments from the Big Twelve ch- Championship game. Oh Ooh. man, Beans, you watched it from your couch, so you have to go first because Gavin and I got to go. Yeah, so from the Big Twelve Championship game, like the moment the we stopped uh, Kendra Miller at the goal line was just. You guys would have different experiences, but watching that was just like, like a relief of like what, uh, like Holy there's shit. no other way. Yeah, like 
like that was honestly like I would compare that to like our Super Bowl. Like when Kansas State, I didn't cry when K State won the Big Twelve Championship. I cried when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl both times. But like that was as close to a feeling I think I've got to Kansas City winning a Super Bowl. If that if that makes sense. Yeah, Sam and I bawled our eyes out. Yeah, we cried. Um, we hugged for probably a solid. 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah, yeah like, I was going to say a minute. Yeah, it was it, time. I didn't want to say a minute because time really does slow down in those moments. Um, oh, man, dude. that they were, Really, for me, it was just a constant hold on to your butt, right? Because, like, game day game day had happened. Honestly, game day live, like, at least at the Big 12 title game, not super fun. Yeah. I, yeah. You, I wouldn't wake up early for it again. It was fine. I, if it was at K-State, I'd do it because it would probably be a little bit different. But, like, you could barely hear. It, w- it was just whatever. But, like, basically when TCU scored as fast as they did – on that drive, I was like, oh, fuck. Did I come down to Dallas fucking Texas to watch my favorite team get boat raced? And then it, like, shed off into, like, this false belief and false hope when we got up 28 to 17. Yep. And it was like, oh, my God, we're so close. All we got to do is get, like, one stop. And then, like, one ball control drive, and we're golden. And then the wheels fell off of that. We got to over. Dude, I I was in full hang-on-to-my-butt moment when we had to punt back to TCU with, like, 30 seconds yes. and they had one time yep. out. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to go down and get a fucking field goal, and I'm going to be, like, devastated. Like, I, I could feel my heart pounding, and I was ready for it to, like, drop. And for me, just to, like, not actually die, but, like, emotionally pass away, like, the, at that moment. like you, The muffed punt might have been, like, oh. one of the – might have been, like, one of the single most uh, – like, I just – My, like, your, my like, yeah, no, like, thing. yes, like, you felt your throat just, like, like, that weird, like, feeling you get in your throat that's just, like, dry. You're like <gasps> – we were in control if we yeah. control that thing, if we corralled that thing. Here, here's how it was for me. My stomach dropped, and like I was having like, met, like I mentally was basically making myself like gag and like cough because like I didn't have an actual like re- immune response to like the feeling that I had of just dread and fear. Mostly just fear. That whole game was just fear. Well, and if you remember going into that game, like, we were so hurt. Like, there was, like, we were playing a corner at wide receiver. Was it a wide receiver playing corner? I don't remember. Anyways, we were just so banged up by this game. It was like, I felt like it was impossible to feel like we could have. But, but, if we weren't hurt, and if Malik Knowles doesn't miss the majority of this game, 
How would we get the Will Howard pass to RJ Garcia? That made no sense. Oh, man. Oh, How yeah. would we get I that? I think that's what Dude, sparked that the friendship. That pass is so dumb because Phillip Brooks is so wide open. On the I know. He's, he's, so, he's, wide just, open. he's just so butt naked, and everyone's like, oh, well, it works, so we don't care. Results yeah. over process. Yeah. Um, the uh, Deuce Vaughn deleting the safety in the open field as oh, well. Oh, my God. I, I probably – for a in-game, non-like result play, that was probably the hypest I've ever been for a play. Yeah, like for a game that I was at. I, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. Max Duggan, like he proved himself this game. Like that was one game where I've never seen somebody lose a game and like gain like respect. In my opinion, like I gained a lot of respect for Max Duggan after that. I don't care what he does for the rest of his career. He could go be like a freaking analyst or whatever. Do whatever the hell he wants. I, I gained a lot of respect for him as a player. So, yep. so when K State got the uh, goal line stand, like the only—I don't even think I was like cheering or anything. I literally, I, I know that like he got like major canceled for like very obvious reasons. But like, do you remember that uh, video of EDP after the Eagles like strip sack Tom Brady? And he's just like, oh my god, oh my god, that was yeah. that. Yes. Oh man, Gavin, internet connection destroyed. Ooh, ooh, this man. I bet you Sydney was absolutely dogging him to go to the dog park. Probably. Or that, or he had to like pour concrete in his backyard or something. He's probably building right. a fence. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um. This is the portion of the program that happened beforehand. Beans. And I now have a wager. It's true. And we'll hear about it right now. Beans, oh, you I want to win this money. Oh, you want you want me to say what happened? No, I want you to edit it. <laughs> oh god damn it. Okay. All right. Clip. <laughs> I want you to edit it and put it in. Gotcha. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do there. It's not like I'm not a professional. I'm not a professional editor or anything, but I can move some clips around every now and then. All right. He's obviously worth something. We just traded for him. We traded conditional seventh round picks. It doesn't, it doesn't get any more like random and off than that. All I'm saying is we have a better wide receiver core this year than we've had in years past. That's so cat. No, that it is, is so true. That is all of these guys wild. would be. So what I am saying by all these guys would be wide receiver threes on a different team somewhere. That means these guys would be starting somewhere on the field for other teams. Okay, it's deep of crap. I'd rather have one Tyree Kill and one Sammy Watkins and then five other receivers that. Stop. So who's to say that Justin Ross can't be Sammy Watkins, just healthier or. Sky Moore can't oh be Tyreek Hill. You say the guy who hasn't played football in two years might be Sammy Watkins, but healthier. You did not just say that. He had a fucking. Do we all forget what what Ross did in college? Do you Man, forget what injury he had, Beans? What was his injury, Beans? And he's been playing. He played special teams. He and played a, special teams. Man had a fucking broken neck, brother. And that was a. 
he played special teams in preseason. You know what happens in special teams? You get blocked. So clearly his neck is fine. Clearly, we think he's all right because I don't think we would have traded Amir Smith-Marset in order to have kept a roster spot for him. I guarantee you right now, Carolina asked us about Amir Smith-Marset because their wide receiver court is garbage. And they said, we'll give you like a 10-pick upgrade in like the last round of the draft. Well, their wide receiver core is full of wide receiver threes. It doesn't suck. I'd argue that Carolina's wide receiver court might actually be better than ours. I would um part of the like problem with our wide receiver core more than anything is like we are going to start MBS like no matter what because of the contract and like he's probably like fourth or fifth on like our depth chart in terms of like talent mixed with upside. Uh. Uh, yeah, I, I refuse to like argue with this on beans. He's just delusional and that nothing will ever change that. I spent the last year doing it. I've moved on. I have went to therapy and I'm a better person now. Beans is not. So there we go. All I'm saying is it is Justin Ross season, baby. I bet you Justin Ross doesn't go for over 500 yards. I bet you Justin Ross will have over 10 touchdowns this season. I will take That's that. Not- that's not something you actually believe. That is something I believe. Beans, I will put Beans, tangible money. I down. will bet you any amount of money that Justin Ru- at nine and a half touchdowns. I'll give you odds, actually. Well, Sam, wait, 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 wait. We need to think about this because this is one of those things where Justin Ross has 20 yards and 10 touchdowns, and like Beans is right, but he was actually wrong. And we look at this the end. No, I will look. Getting 10 touchdowns would require him to catch 20% of Patrick Mahomes' passing touchdowns if he went for 50 touchdowns, which is hard as fuck to do, and he hasn't done since his rookie season, even though he's had two seasons with an extra game. Okay, I guess you have to play also to catch touchdowns. So. Yeah, Bean, what, what amount of money do you want to gamble on Justin Ross over under nine and a half touchdowns you can put whatever amount of money you want in, and I will double my contribution to against you. I'll do that as well. Fuck it. How about how about how about we do player swaps in fantasy? No, we, we can't. Bet, like, like, we can't do insider trading for our fantasy league. That's damn it, that. we can't do that. <sighs> I'm talking real life American dollars. This is something you clearly believe. I'll pony 200 for 10 touchdowns for Justin Ross. I don't have 200 money. I'm broke. Um, no, you don't have to pony up 100. I'm doubling my contribution. That's let's, how let's do. Let's do a 50. Let's do a 50. We're betting $50 that Justin Ross that I, so I win $50. If Justin Ross goes under 10 touchdowns and yes. you win a hundred. If he goes over, that is correct. Absolutely. Deal. You want in on that guy? No, I'm just going to watch from a distance. All right. <laughs> I will expect my $50 by... Uh, Hold on. Now. Yes. Does postseason count? No. Ooh. Re- it, regular season is the only thing... The player props only count for regular season. That is true. <sighs> yeah, I'll still go with 10. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> If our tight ends catch 40% of the touchdowns. I, you know what? If Mahomes only throws 40 touchdowns, all I have to do is have Justin Ross not catch 
25% of the touchdowns. Beans, you could have, like, included, like, Justin Ross, like, Rashi Rice, Richie James, Kadarius Tony, and, like, MVS, like, having 10 touchdowns, and I'd still, like, be a stretch to believe you. I would not have doubled for that amount of players. There's too much flukiness in touchdowns. Yeah. Appreciate you showing the fans how much money you're going to lose. A whole 50 smackaroos to me because only 19 players last year had 10 total touchdowns from scrimmage and three of them were wide receivers. And one of them wasn't even Justin Jefferson. I'm really high on him. I, I, I don't care if this bet wins or loses. I'm just happy to be a Chiefs fan. There, I said it. I am going to actively root against passing touchdowns to Justin Ross unless until the point. Okay. How sweaty are you going to get when he gets to eight? I'm not because he'll get to eight like never. <laughs> what if he, okay, hypothetically, he gets to eight. Like, how much butthole puckering are you puckering? Uh, okay, where in the season are Here's the thing if Justin Ross gets to eight touchdowns, one, he's like been great for us. And like, I don't care. And two, that means we're winning a lot of games, which means we got a really good chance to go to the Super Bowl again. I'm banking on that, baby. I love it. I'm I'm really high on our guy. Like th- th- this should not be a test to like what I said. How many touchdowns he's, he's going to get? I could give two. I shit. feel like you should have to pay me the full 100 if we cut him at any point this season. No, anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. This should be a testament to like if you were to get cut during the season, like for performance issues. If Justin Ross went out there and like beat a homeless man, like I'm not gonna count that against you. But I wouldn't count that against released. If if there's a betting line for whatever odds there are for Justin Ross, like I'm not saying what I bet is gonna happen. I don't think it'll happen to be honest. I just bet it just for funsies. But like I bet for monies. Uh but in my opinion, whatever line there is for Justin Ross, like bet on it, like bet the over. I, that's where I'm at on that, in my opinion. So All right. you can put your money where your mouth is. I can pull up the odds right now. Uh, I mean, guys, I mean, uh, I got supper waiting for me. So like we should probably get this thing a rolling. But all right. Well, I'll pick you up with the uh, player props another time. Gavin left. Beans is hungry, and Sam is the only person here who wants to keep talking football. But that is a story for another day. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for coming in. It was our pleasure, all three of us, to come in right before the season starts. We're hoping to get you exceedingly good content over the next couple of weeks as Kansas State, KU, and the Chiefs hopefully all have good seasons this year. We want to thank again Gavin for taking time out of his home renovation project to come be on the show and to Beans for making this very tough edit. Thanks, Beans. If you would like to support the podcast, go to on X slash Twitter, underscore, underscore, F3S. That's underscore, underscore, F3S. That is our Twitter page where you can find all of our episodes linked into our tweets and with the most recent one pinned to the comments. If you would also like to support us by listening to us on Spotify and Apple pod, feel free to do so. And please leave a like.
Ladies and gentlemen, football is back. Welcome to the gauntlet, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. I see you always dying together.